The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, to give you a little bit of situation uh, for what the gospel comes from is, of course, uh, I hope some of you picked it up, right? He's before Pilate, and so he's been handed over to Pilate right before his crucifixion, right? So these are some of the last kind of conversations that he has. Uh, He's not trying to get out of, um, but freely lays down his life, right? And we see this because uh, he could argue, right, and try to justify and why he should get out, but instead he has this conversation with Pilate. Now, uh, we don't get the last statement, but it's, it's a longer conversation. And right after Jesus says, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth? And this question is, I think, very applicable to us today. Now, it was an applicable question to the Greek uh, philosophers and We know that the Roman Empire, especially at uh, that time, was Hellenistic. So they're kind of a huge influence of the Greek philosophers and the the Greek uh, world was hugely influential on the Roman Empire, which would also be influential on Pilate as well as the Jewish region at this time. And part of the Greek philosophy was this search for truth. What is truth? Can we know what truth is? What does it mean to be truth? And there's actually a whole study of kind of truth and knowing what we know and whether we know what we know and how do we know what we know, <laughs> which is called epistemology. Uh, I, think I, I think I got that right. I always get a little bit confused, um, <laughs> confused whether I know what, what it is, uh, <laughs> epistemology. And this is a whole study. I took an entire class in seminary about this question about knowledge, right? Can we know what we know? Now, I think that's a relevant question for us today because we always need to approach truth with a certain amount of humility to recognize that, you know what? It is difficult to sometimes know, right? Uh, Not only the truth of whether we understand a situation or whether the facts or the data tells the whole story, right? We know that uh, that's part of the story, right? Part of the truth in, in some ways, but also the truth in terms of knowing what's right and wrong. How do we know for certain, right? What's really true? Is what's true for you true for me? And and kind of this question that continues to come up in this modern day. Now, it's funny that uh, our modern world, for the most part, 
has a relativistic understanding. And then, so that means that truth can't be known. And that kind of what your truth is is for you and your truth is for you, right? And, and, and uh, we can't really know and that people have different truths. And that's called a relativism. But it's funny that the culture at the same exact time as having this relativistic understanding also has a, a woke and cancel culture that if you do something wrong that's, that's not right, that everybody knows is not right, then you're canceled. Now, we in our humility recognize that, yeah, there are certain things that are wrong. However, we also realize that sometimes, yeah, people make mistakes. Sometimes, yeah, it's hard to know exactly how to act and and what to say and, and what to do in every single situation. And that sometimes what the world thinks is right and wrong is not necessarily what is actually right and wrong. So as Christians, with this kind of question about truth and and right and wrong, and what is truth, and what do we hold to, and, and kind of in the confusion of the world, what do we hold to? Well, we come before God in faith and, and hold to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He told us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here he also in the gospel we see him again identify with the truth. He says, Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And so what I think is really important for us as Catholics is is never to reject uh, kind of reason or kind of say, I'm going to stick my head into the sand or I can't question or anything. But as Catholics, as people seeking Jesus Christ, we need to always seek the truth. Always be open and seeking it constantly because as we seek the truth, we find Jesus Christ. As we seek the truth, we listen to the voice of Jesus. However, I just uh, a caveat is, is to always recognize that um, sometimes uh, we want to recognize that truth is, is more than just empirical or science. Sometimes we can get into this, again, a modern idea that truth is only empirical, only science-based. And although science, again, what is true is true. And so we do want to take in all the science that we can. We also recognize that that's only part of the story. Right? However, there are other parts of the story as well. So one of the examples I'll give in kind of this truth aspect that we want to hold to and the connection between science and truth as well is that we believe that every single life is sacred. We believe that that truth comes not from the U.S. Constitution, but yet from God, that every single life is sacred. Now, that's a truth, right? But how do we apply that truth in some ways? One of the ways in which we take the truth and and try to understand it and continue to come to understand it is that initially we didn't quite know all the science behind the formation of a child within the womb, right? And so when exactly was the child within the womb a child and and not? And and throughout the ages, it's, it's been kind of uncertain. But we've known that as soon as it's a child, right, as soon as it's a human person, that it has a right and a dignity, and a right to life, right? Well, through the use of science, through the other things, we can actually scientifically say that at the moment of conception, that cell has a different DNA and has all the building blocks necessary to form a human person. 
And there is no difference between that single cell at the moment of conception and 25 weeks later. It's the same exact person, the same exact different DNA that requires nourishment, that requires shelter, and continues to grow just as each one of us do throughout our entire life. And so actually in the application and the seeking of truth, we can say without a doubt, in faith in God and knowing what is right and wrong, to be able to say that at the moment of conception, that 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 life is worthy of dignity. And now that doesn't take away the difficulty of the situations, of some situations of conception. Doesn't take away sometimes the hard choice, but we need to hold to the truth that that is a life. And if the world wants to value that life differently, well, well, that's partly the choice of the world. However, we need to hold to the truth that that is a life at the moment of conception. And if we believe that, not only because of faith, but also because of the support of science in terms of and philosophical understanding of what the human person is. A human person does not gain dignity once it comes out of the womb, but at the very moment that it becomes a person, which is the moment of conception in that, that we need to give it the dignity from the very beginning. Now, that's just one aspect. And of course, there's a lot more that we can speak on to that. But there are many aspects of truth that we want to continue to be open to and seek and realize that a lot of the world doesn't necessarily hold to that truth. But it's not because it's not true for them. It's perhaps just partly because, you know, sometimes it's difficult to understand the truth. Sometimes it's difficult to understand it. Sometimes it is hard to know. So we ourselves, we take, we want to take a certain amount of humility. However, we also want to continue to always drive towards that truth. Now, a few things about truth. Truth is not equal to conscience. We need to follow our conscience at all times, but our conscience sometimes is malformed. So I want us to be able to say that as well. Sometimes we don't know what's right or wrong. Sometimes we misapply our conscience. Now, we need to follow our conscience, interestingly enough, but part of our formation of conscience should also be a trust of God, a trust of the Catholic Church, And sometimes our conscience, right, kind of speaks differently. Now, which one do we trust more? Our our conscience or the revelation that is revealed to us through Jesus Christ and through the church? And hopefully our conscience, as as mine has continued to be, be formed, and at times has to kind of work throughout, is to be able to recognize that my conscience has to be formed not just in whatever my formation has been in the past according to the world and my past experiences, but be formed by Jesus Christ and be formed by the church. I want to also say that the truth is not equal to the democratic uh, vote of the majority. A majority of the people can be wrong about the truth or what is right or wrong. It doesn't, it, we're not a democracy. Jesus Christ is king. He is king, not of a democracy. We don't vote on whether something is right or wrong, or whether something is true or untrue. It doesn't matter what the majority says. It matters what God says. So even though that as Americans we love democracy, and we should, it is an amazing gift of governance. However, we recognize that we do not govern the truth, 
or what is right or wrong in truth according to democracy and vote. Instead, we receive that from Jesus Christ, our King and Lord. Now, in the midst of it all, how do we know, again, what's right or wrong? Now, a lot of the times we can be kind of tricked or kind of convinced in some ways to be able to say, well, we can't really know what's right or wrong or, or God's kind of removed or there's a lot of different ways to know it. But God that we know here as Catholics, as Christians, is not a God that's removed from our understanding. It's not a God who's mysterious in such a way that we can't know him. But God could have remained mysterious, and he is a mystery. But there are certain things that he has revealed to us that are concrete and real because he wants us to know him, that he desires to reveal himself to us in the truth. And one of the ways that we know that this is the case is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Is that God could have, again, remained a mystery, but he wanted to be able to speak to us in a language that we knew. To reveal himself in a way that we would be able to know him. And so the second person of the Trinity took on flesh, was born of a woman was born of Mary and walked this world and talked to people and healed people and died like us, but rose on the third day, right? And that is a God who is not removed, who's not mysterious to such a degree that we just have to say, well, I don't know, but it's a God who has concretely revealed himself and in certain ways his will for us as well. And so, but it wasn't just 2,000 years ago, he continues to do that. That's part of the reason why he established the church, is that we could have a concrete reality of a continued communication to us of revelation, that he would give us the sacraments that are physical, that we would be able to see God, to be able to touch him, to be able to taste him, to be able to smell, right? That God continues to reveal himself, certainly within nature, but especially within the sacrament, especially within the sacrament of the Eucharist. And so he doesn't overpower us with revelation in such a degree that it uh, takes over our free will, right? So one of the ways is that he could reveal himself to such a degree that we would be overwhelmed by him so that we wouldn't have a free choice in believing him or not. But instead, he reveals himself to such a degree, but also gives us the freedom to choose to believe and love him. And so whenever we are struggling with truth, whenever we're struggling with what's the right answer, whenever we're struggling with the world and just the craziness of it all, we need to come to, continue to come to the God who reveals himself, especially in the Mass, especially in the Eucharist, to make Jesus Christ, who is king of the universe, who is king of the truth, who desires and reveals his truth, to be also king of our heart to also be king of our truth so that our reality and the way that we receive it might not just be from the world, but be from the author of the world, the author of truth, the one who reveals himself and continues to give himself here today.